0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All
1: right, welcome back, y'all. It's 1030, and, uh... We're gonna have a few things to talk about right here with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter. So, John, um, your thoughts. I'm not. I'm gonna waste no time here. Your thoughts on everything that went down last night. There's so many different ways to look at look at it. A lot to get into, um, but people really were not happy.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, honestly. it <laughs> uh, With so much going on with this team, starting with the, the quarterback, whether you want to call him the starter or not, Carson Wentz, <laughs> uh, and everybody's <laughs> just going nuts over uh, this tanking, which, look, you know me, Ryan. I'm a, I'm not a fan of tanking, but there's a difference between you know, years of tanking and uh, Not trying to win a a meaningless game. Uh, I don't advocate either, but you know, one is much worse than the other. Um, And it's not the first time it's happened in the NFL. But for some reason, I don't know if it was because it was flexed uh, and it was the national game on Sunday night. I I mean, people are losing their minds. It's it's astonishing to me. And when did Nate Sudfeld become a -a make-a-wish kid? He's been in this league for a lot of years. Uh, you know, in this week there there were XF, X, XFL quarterbacks, a CFL quarterback, an AAF quarterback playing meaningful games. I, I you know, I, uh,
1: I, don't <laughs> you're, get it. I'm lost it. for words. I, all right. Here's my honest assessment of it. It's it's the reaction is ridiculous, and that's standard for typically any story nowadays, um, where there's more than one opinion, which is everything. But you look at you look at the timing of it. It's the start of the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts played the whole game. It's on national TV. You hear the, you know, no hats on the field. You, you want to win the game against your rival. You want to try and assess Jalen Hurts more. That's a perfect way to do it. Last game, fourth quarter, nationally televised against a rival, down three. Now's when you put in Nate Sudfeld. Like, there's, there's um, things I can get behind where I say, eh, I don't like it. But the whole Giants thing, dude, you're 6-10, so what are you blaming the Eagles for? Joe Judge calling out Doug Peterson and the Eagles for their effort. Yeah, like, there's, it's ridiculous. I,
2: I know. <laughs> tough guy Joe Judge right. calling out Doug Peterson and the Eagles. You know, silly people have to be uh, torn because, you know, Joe's a silly guy. He's laying tough <laughs> athletes, So on top of that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's silly. They are 6-10. and 10. I, I, I said if you're 6-10 and 10 in this league, you can't complain about anything. Right. I, I mean – and it's interesting. It, it, it only seems to, to work in one way, tanking to get a, a better draft pick versus, you know, good teams tank all the time at the end of seasons. Nobody seems to care about that. I mean, they rest players for the playoffs. Um, some do, some don't. And we've seen, you know, Andy Reid has done it. He has not done it. We've seen that. And and it, it, it depends on the individual coach. And I've always said in this league, you um, because there's such a small sample size of games, that there's only 16 games in a 32-team league, if you're in position uh, to, to not have to play someone uh, for success or for draft choice and, and non-success, do whatever the heck you want. And, and by the way, this is why the NFL changed the schedule a number of years ago and put division games at the end of the schedule, because mm-hmm. this has been going on for years. Right. And they've done a good job trying to limit it as much as possible. And the theory was, well, if you're playing a division rival, you'll be more likely uh, to want to at least compete. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always work. And in this instance, and and I do believe it was more Jeffrey Lurie and, and, and really Jeffrey Lurie, I'm not even going to throw Howie Roseman into that driven. Yeah, what are you going to do? They they wanted the draft choice. And, and – I don't think there's a big difference between six and nine. Um, you draft well, you don't draft well. You pick the right player, you don't pick the right player. But look, that's what these advanced analytics people believe in, and that's that's Jeffrey Lurie. That's that's his his gig, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to ask you. Um, i want to ask you a couple more things here in a second. I, I brought up the, the fact of you blame the league, too, if anyone. I mentioned this to Luke earlier, who's sitting with me, John. And I said, dude, like the, the league flexed Philly and Washington into this game because they're two big markets and they felt like it would help their viewership. So if you really want to blame anyone, they decided to put a team into the spotlight that had nothing to play for and more to more to gain if they lost than if they won. So the NFL, if you really want to point a finger, I would say they're the one you pointed at, and I'm not even saying they're deserving of it, but that's just another way to, I think, view it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not going to kill them for that, only because the reason they, they flexed that game is it, it was because it was the only game that wasn't contingent on other games. In other words, for instance, I, I think typically... Green Bay-Chicago would have been the game to move uh, because Green Bay was fighting for the number one seed. Still, mm-hmm. Chicago was fighting for uh, the last playoff spot. Uh, however, if things went in a different direction in other games, uh, Chicago could have been, in theory, out of it, even though both teams ended up making playoffs. They could have been, in theory, out of it by the time of kickoff. So this was the one game that you knew no matter what happened was going to be meaningful. That's why the league shifted that game. Makes
1: sense. Uh,
2: and, and and as I said, from, from a larger standpoint, uh, they've done as much as they can to make these games important, and it, it, it generally comes down to individual organizations. And that's what we talked about with Jason Kelsey, uh, who was pretty passionate a couple weeks ago saying, you never not play to win the game but you know jason Kelsey's not in charge <laughs> Jeffrey lawyer's in charge so it comes down to individual organizations eagles aren't the first team to do it they're not going to be the last team to do it and down the road they might it might happen to them and they'll be upset no question about it
3: yeah john luke pergandy here you make a good point like if Bad teams shouldn't do it. Why is it acceptable for good teams to do it? That's an excellent counterpoint that, you know, Andy Reid will do this, and, you know, there's excellent teams that start sitting quarterbacks and receivers
1: at in Week 17. That's throwing a game as well. Well, they, they have – I think that's – just to play devil's advocate to both of you, they have – it's more justifiable in that scenario. We're getting ready to win a Super Bowl where the Eagles aren't and they can play spoiler on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not saying I agree with that.
2: Yeah, but that but that's the point. You have to add, and, and that's where I'll agree with Luke and say, you know, you're putting your ad in context to fit a of narrative. True. Yes, they have more to play for. They're going to play next week. And, you know, whether you want to justify that or not, bottom line is they yeah. are affecting other teams
3: yeah. um,
2: totally. almost universally in those type situations by not playing their best players. It's the same thing. Yeah. The fact that they're going to play the next week, or in two weeks if they have a bye, doesn't mean it's not affecting that potential other team, which is what we're talking about with the New York Giants. Same mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. if, if, if it affects another team, you're you're uh, you're not. What did Joe Judge say? You're not uh, respecting the game. I right. mean, uh, oh, it, it, it's just it's been going on for. And I'm sure, by the way, where Joe, you know, the Patriots are in the playoffs, were in the playoffs for so long, so many years, they did it too.
1: Right. I mean any team any team has that's been in that scenario and the Patriots over the past 15, 20 years were in that you know, situation often. So I think you know Luke's right, that is an excellent point that you bring up and it's it's apples to apples, I would say.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm also not understanding why it's this is so common in basketball. Like Mark Cuban was so blatantly throwing games three or four years ago to eventually get um, Luca. And like it's Twitter didn't lose their minds when Mark Cuban's throwing basketball games for the Dallas Mavericks. Like why <laughs> we throw the Eagles throw one game in like eight years. And it's, this is just like the biggest sin ever, but Mark Cuban throwing dozens of basketball games, the Sixers, you know, the Sixers. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to
2: go out of this town. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows more about tanking yeah. than Philadelphia. I mean, they did it for years, right? Um, and, and there's uh, a large chunk of that fan base, and that's the ironic part because it's a lot of the same people. It's fine for the Sixers, it's not fine for the Eagles. Why? Because you like the Eagles better. You have emotion invested. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Uh, you have to ask e- each individual person. But, uh, you know, from the standpoint, and and you know, Doug was in a difficult situation because he can't go up there after a game and say, "Yeah, we we." We didn't care if we won or lost. <laughs> yeah, no, then you get fined. Um, but he did bring up, you know, and there are certain guys, and Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, uh, Zach Ertz, out there for the entire game. Uh, those are big time players. So it, it's it, it's it, it's a little bit of um, focus on one particular player. Um, and 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 Doug's claim was that. You know, Nate's been here for four years. He worked so hard he wanted to give him an opportunity to get in the game at least a little bit. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if that's true, but he does have a point as far as Ertz playing to the bitter end, Kelsey playing to the bitter end, Graham, yeah. Darius Slay. Those guys are all out there.
1: Do you think um... – because that's, that's a point that's somewhat legitimate, like, oh, locker room and the players aren't going to be happy. Do you think the organization and or Doug told the guys before the game, listen, this is the plan, whether we're up by 20, down by 20, or a tie game, I'm Nate's, Nate's the quarterback for the fourth quarter for the final three drives or whatever it is. And if he didn't do that, is this an impact for the locker room?
2: No, I, I mean, I asked Jalen Hurts after the game that it was the game plan, if he knew it was coming out, and he admitted he did. So they went in the game. He, he understood he was not finishing this game.
3: Okay. Before um, the game started. I,
2: I do think that um, I, 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 because of what was going on in the offensive line, the tackles were Matt Pryor, uh, left tackle, and Jordan Milata had the concussion, so he had the flip sides. and uh, Brett Toth was... Was the right tackle playing his first, uh, starting his first NFL game, and on the other side you had Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I think the mm-hmm. Eagles thought they were going to be blown out by the end of time. <laughs> yeah. and they'd go to Nate Sudfeld in the second half, and it ended up uh, being closer largely because of the defense, uh, and they were trying to to invoke that no hat rule to, to let Jim Schwartz go out on a winning note, yeah. and they were really competing, making some plays turnovers, uh, and it turned out to be closer, and I think that put a bigger microscope on the decision, um, but yeah, it was the plan, Nate was always going to play, and and then you, tell, you know, Jalen wasn't exactly good, I think he finished 7 of 20, uh, he did run the football uh, obviously well, and had two rushing touchdowns, uh, but neither quarterback played well for that reason. I couldn't even breathe, uh, with those tackles out there trying to block, uh, those two ends.
1: <laughs> Last question regarding the decision. Um, whose decision was it in your mind?
2: Yeah, as I said, I, I think it's, it's, it certainly smacks of a Jeffrey Glory decision. Um, I, that's just his belief. I mean, he's very analytically driven. Um, and he's one of those people that's going to look at it and say, you know, what good is a, is a meaningless win going to do for us uh, versus gaining three draft spots? They would have yeah. picked nine if they won that game. Uh, they'll be picking six. Uh, and, and people like that don't, you know, to be honest, and I've talked about this with you, Brian, a lot in, in reference to basketball, People like that think it it's in a vacuum. Yeah. And they don't take into account the human aspect of it and the fact that Kelsey and Graham and Slay and Ertz are busting their you know what out there to try to win a football game. They don't, they have a disconnect to that. I mean, Zach Ertz, I, I got to tell you guys, he, he's not going to be back here next year. Mm-hmm. He, he sat by himself on Lincoln Financial Field uh, uh, on the bench after the game for 15-20 minutes just looking at the stadium taking it all in and then later he came out with Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. they all just sat and talked till about 1-15 in the morning um, and they all might be uh, not back yeah. uh, for different reasons but and then we talked to Zach, and, you know, this is called clean-out day typically. It's first time on Zoom. It's all different. But nonetheless, he cried at the end of his Zoom because, you know, he doesn't think he's going to be back. That's how emotional this game is for some of these guys. And the, the people caught up in the analytics part of it, they don't, they don't get that. They, they don't care. They don't have that connection to it.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But I want your thoughts on Jim Schwartz and the Jim Schwartz era in Philadelphia. Five-year run in Philadelphia is over. You wrote about this on SI.com, so be sure to check out the article in John's written word. But, John, why don't you uh, get into detail from some of that now?
2: Yeah, I, I, Jim's contract is expiring, so how they're framing it is he, he has decided to leave on his own, um, and and we'll try to get that locked down in the next couple of weeks. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of, you know, maybe he saw the writing on the wall and a little bit of uh, maybe he doesn't want to be involved with what's going on here. So I, I, I think in a lot of ways it might be 50-50. Uh, but I do think, you know, uh, Jim has talked about taking a year off and contemplating retirement. He, he did have some health issues. He had, if you remember, he had that eye problem um, a couple of years ago, uh, had eye surgery, had hip surgery. Um, so he has had some health problems. and and he says he's going to step away. Uh, Ultimately, I think he's going to be back. He's going to be a coordinator in this league because he's one of the best coordinators. Look, I've said it from the start. There was going to be a scapegoat, and it wasn't going to be Howie Roseman. It wasn't going to be Doug Peterson. Um, So, you know, uh, him or Dave said, and this fan base wanted their pound of flesh, and I don't think Dave Phipp would have gave him the pound of flesh, <laughs> so I think Jim was the most likely to go.
1: Is I am um, just going to throw names out there for a replacement. Wade Phillips comes to mind. I've heard his name for the Raiders too. Gruden's allegedly going to clean a lot of house um, and bring in some guys that can bolster that staff. So I imagine something similar is going to go on in Philadelphia. Although we've seen it almost every off season, but at least the defensive coordinator spot. Who's going to be next?
2: Yeah, well, I think if you listen to Doug, I mean, uh, Doug uh, spoke very highly of Jim uh, and and, and did want to confirm uh, that he was leaving. Brandon Graham actually finally did today. Uh, He was the first one to admit it. But, um, you know, if it's true and Jim is walking away on his own accord, uh, I do think you're simply going to see an elevation uh, of Matt Burke to be defensive coordinator. Um, if it was more than that and, and they were looking to go in a different direction, uh, you're going to see that outside name. Uh, and, you know, Jeffrey's big on that. Outside voices. You know, it was, I just tweeted out, this is snake oil season. Uh, owners think they know X's and O's and they get caught up in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think the way the Eagles do business, it would be somebody like Wade Phillips, who I don't know exactly how old Wade is, but he's got to be 74, yeah. somewhere in that range, over 70. Um, I, I would think they, just by their nature, uh, they would want to have sort of the young gun, up-and-coming flavor of the month type. Right. So fans will get caught up in the names they know. You know, the first name dan quinn you know I, fans would hate dan quinn i mean they hated jim schwartz that guy just plays cover three cover three cover three <laughs> you saw how many leads atlanta has blown over the years <laughs> uh so you know but it's a name everybody knows um ultimately as, as i said if if, if jim uh, because he had such success here If he's truly walking away on his own accord, I think they're going to just promote Matt Burke.
1: So what have we learned this week, John? I should say last week in Week 17 leading up to the game because we last spoke on Wednesday. So a lot has happened. Um, Have you learned anything new or adjusted any opinions as far as Carson Wentz? Another report came out. Um, You know, Howie Roseman has spoke. So there has been a lot more information that has been put out there for us. Um, so what's your overall outlook, if at all different, for the Eagles offseason?
2: Uh, it's not necessarily different uh, from the Eagles' perspective because there's so many hurdles, but they do have to uh, repair the relationship. It's now abundantly clear um, that Carson, wants, Carson Wentz wants out of here, uh, doesn't want to be back, and, um, and, you know, Chris Mortensen uh, was the one uh, who, who reported uh, he, he is going to ask for a trade. Uh, and he can ask, but that doesn't make it easier to do. Uh, he is willing to do uh, everything he can uh, to help the salary cap um, issues from the Eagles standpoint. But, again, that's not the biggest hurdle salary cap part of it is not the biggest hurdle. The dead money part of it is the biggest hurdle, and that is uh, uh, simply a Jeffrey Lurie decision. Can we write off $34 million? Because that's what you're writing off. Um, and some have said, well, yes, but if, uh, if you keep him, you would essentially, uh, because of w- uh, the way the contract is structured, uh, be guaranteeing him um, um, multiple millions about another $25 million on top of that uh, so that comes down to do they think he can play or do they think he's a legitimate reclamation project uh, then that's not that big of a number for a starting quarterback in this league a veteran starter uh, if they don't think he can play it's an awful number um, so a lot of it comes down to how the Eagles actually view him and actually view if this is a worthy reclamation project, uh, so to speak. And I find it very hard to, especially the way Jalen has played after his first game. He, he was very good in his first game, and he's gotten, let's be honest, he's gotten, he's gotten steadily worse from there. I don't think you could look at these four games and say, oh, that's a starting quarterback in the NFL. You can say that he's got the potential to be, but you're going to count on him for 16 games next year? Seven out of 20, 52% in four games? I mean, Carson was at a career low, I think it was 57.9, and that's awful. And Jalen was at 52. So, you know, they, they got some issues and they got to make some decisions at the quarterback position. And then once they make that decision, they got to repair the relationship with Carson Wentz because he doesn't want to be here. So there's a lot, a lot of moving part.
3: John. So to explain this to someone who doesn't understand NFL contracts as well as you do. So you said the Eagles would have to write off $34 million, say, Let's just say, for example, the Colts want Carson to come play for them next year. Can the Colts, like, split that? So can the Colts say, we'll pay $17 million, Eagles put in $17 million, and then they strike a brand-new contract for Carson? Like, how, is there a way that Carson's next team could help the Eagles pay that thirty-four?
2: million? No. It, 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 the difference is the salary cap versus the dead money. And, and the salary cap portion of it, not, I think that's where uh, the average fan gets confused. That's very malleable. You can do a lot of different things. Uh, you can cook the books, so to speak, and that's what Howie Roseman is good, good at. Uh, and you can manipulate things to push it to other seasons. And all of that is easy. And, and I, I do believe Carson Wentz would... Be very um, um, desirous to help in that aspect to get out of town. So that isn't the problem. The problem is the Eagles have already spent that money. That money's gone. The thirty-four million. That's already gone. What we're talking about is the budgeting. So when you signed Carson Wentz to an extension uh, in, you know, essentially eighteen months ago. you not only uh, agreed to pay him uh, the $128 million, all the guarantees, which are in the NFL record, uh, as we said, you know, you pay the youth signing bonus out. What you also do is budget that. You don't just forget about it. And when they signed that contract, there was no pandemic. Uh, the assumption was this is the NFL. This is the one league where revenues don't go down. They only go up. Uh, and that's typically true. The TV money keeps going up. It's going to continue to go up when they sign the new contract. However, no fans in the stadium this entire season for the vast majority of the league. Obviously, there are certain places that allow a, a small number. Dallas would, would be the biggest. Um, so all you have to do is go to Forbes and you know, look at their revenue projections a uh, team like the Cowboys lost 500 million of revenue uh, because of the pandemic. Eagles are in the 250 range. So you're not only asking Jeffrey Lurie to say, "Okay, write off this 34 million dollars and say it's a sunk cost." You're doing it in a year where he's gotten 250 million less than he thought he was going to get when he signed the contract with Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And the record for dead money in the NFL is $21 million. This would be 34. This would explode, that record. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to be. As I've
2: explained it to Ryan numerous times, Jeffrey Lurie, you can say he's a billionaire. Certainly he could afford it. He's never struck me as being a Jerry Jones type (laughs) who says, all right, forget about it. George Steinbrenner type, he says, do whatever you got to do. He's not that type of guy. He's never been that type of guy.
1: Good stuff from Johnny Mack, our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Much more to get through the rest of the week, every night at 10.30 on The Fix. We're up against it, John, but we appreciate it, and we'll dive into everything else tomorrow. All right, getting to the top of the hour. Much more still ahead with Luke when we start off at 11. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.